This is Shaka Wart Speak. Who's gonna Who's gonna introduce us this year? I don't know. Do we have a fourth party we can do this? Twenty twenty three. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, welcome to Shaka Wart Speak. Welcome. Happy New Year. Happy twenty twenty three. We know it's not technically our first episode. Of 2023, but it's technically the first episode we've recorded in 2023. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you, I was out. Yeah, so I'm back, and you know, I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, slow, dude. Very slow, man. Ate a lot of bad food. How's you know? the North Pole? <sighs> I can't talk about it. I can't talk about the North. The, where the South Pole? Or the North Pole. The North Pole. Is that the cold one? Is that where Santa Claus is? Yeah. Yeah, Santa Claus. So. I mean, if you can't say anything, you can't say anything. I can't anything, say anything. Santa Claus runs a tight ship, but yeah. I figured. Just, so you're, you know. I, I wasn't at the North Pole, though. I was in the South Pole. Drinking I feel pain. like this is, a, this is a campaign of disinformation. Yeah. That's not <laughs> what we were told. Okay. What were you told? We were told that you were in the North Pole helping Santa with some consulting. Getting ready okay. for Christmas. Gotcha. But if that's not true, I've got questions. I gotcha. can neither confirm nor deny. Yeah. Okay. 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 So we're, so Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well that settles it no no you're right i'm definitely confident that i know it's going on now. yeah is that what you guys is that is that what you guys hypothesized or did some, someone told you that or? i mean someone told us that okay okay we, we have sources sources yeah in the um, north pole say that keep again. eyes on santa say that again we have sources in the north pole keeping an eye okay on yeah, yeah i was there Doing my Tim Allen routine, I guess. Yeah. No. Gosh. <laughs> Were you? Are you making fun of me because I got a beard now? No. I mean, okay. this begs the question: Were you actually like auditioning for the role of Santa secretly behind her back? No, dear. No, because Santa's. I can't carry around that much that that, that many packages. Let's just say that. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of packages to carry. A lot of weight. Yeah. Um, put weight. back on. I was actually visiting Mrs. Claus. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Because oh, Mrs. Yeah. Claus makes great cookies, mm, and cookies. I wanted to learn how to make better cookies. I just had family. a pretty good cookie the other day. Yeah. I feel like that needs to be introduced somewhere into the Shaco art space. Are you saying calendar. that you have a New Year's resolution to get better at making cookies? Yes. No, I don't, I'm not doing any resolutions this year. Yeah, I'm low I'm, resolution. I'm low, <laughs> they call them low resolution. <laughs> yeah, where I was was sick, and uh, frustratingly so. Hmm. Because I because I just needed to not be sick. It's terrible so, during Christmas, too. Like, hated, no matter what it is. Yeah, and I hated to miss those last two episodes. It burned me up because I was really excited about that series. So it was a weird thing to really, 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 really want to be a part of something hmm. and really, really, really know, like, you're like, I cannot, you know. So it sucked. I wish I was in the North Pole. That would have been awesome. You know, mm. I, I did watch Santa Claus. That's yeah. good. Um, and, I, and, you know, that's about as good as it gets in my mind. As far as going there, you know, seeing uh, Tim Allen do it. Yeah. So. It's probably more enjoyable than actually going to the North Yeah. Pole. Yeah. It sounds like a horrible reality looking yeah. for Santa Claus. I think it's always technically moving too. <sighs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's such a big... Uh, well, some part of it's fixed, right? And then it's just the borders are a little shaky. I don't know. I guess it depends uh -oh. really if you're talking about magnetic or... We're talking or about like specific. Oh, we're talking about magnetic north versus true north? Yeah. So I guess there is like... Objectively, there is a yes. North Pole... Uh, you know, doesn't actually exist. If the earth is round. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think it's I think it's a giant triangle. Oh, I, I thought it was just egg. Any shape. of these people are talking. <laughs> it's a pyramid shape. Just yeah, I mean, it's like an like isn't every every there's no such thing as a perfect circle. So technically, everything we perceive in reality is some type of ellipses. Because perfect circles only exist in Platonic ideals. Oh, I mean, I guess that's true. I mean, our orbits are an ellipsis. It's not a perfect circle. It's true. Oh, yeah. Cody, you're gonna wake some people up, dude, and. You're, you're giving a you're giving some slippery slope to the flat earther, man. I'm just saying it's Mr. possible that we're moderately. I am not a flat earther, or so slightly egg shaped. But I will say that like they're one of my favorite videos ever is that flat earth video where they have they're doing the experiment and they're like <laughs> they've got the holes in like the the boards or whatever and they're like you should see the you should see the light through this like I don't I don't see it where is it is like it's uh it's it's shining below the hole <laughs> they're all just like like what what do we what do we do now? Science proved us wrong. Science has proved you wrong hard. <laughs> deny science. You could. Science deniers. What's amazing is when science deniers are, no, when the science people in the name of science are science deniers. Hmm. That's how insane Well, you know the science always changes. Yeah, so it's always slippery slope. I'm yeah. grouchy, man. It's That's New Year's. I gotta, I gotta like think about what are we talking about today. But here's the thing. Okay, help All me right, out. Here, yeah. Here's what goes on in New Year's, right? Like, <clears throat> yeah, grouchy. Uh, grouchy is an effect of whatever has gone on behind you, right? right? Most people don't have grouchy just as like as a normative, arbitrary state. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So grouchy is going to be reactive to mm -hmm. something, right? Now, we can be grouchy. We mm -hmm. can just stay in it. Yep. Right? And some of us do. We we have that like post-holiday hangover. I definitely can do that. Right? Like January, we were taking down Christmas decorations. And yeah, I just kept telling Callie, I was, Tomorrow. Like, I was like, this is sad. Because you you don't feel like your house is empty. Then you then you, then you you decorate. Then you take the stuff down and you're like, is our house always this empty? Yeah. Like, you know, is it always this blank canvas? We're going to set up a just <laughs> instead of a Christmas tree, we're going to have a massive snowflake sculpture that we just put in our Christmas stand. And that'll ride out for the rest of winter. <laughs> Remind me to come to your house. Yeah, it's like an spring. eight foot, and it, it'll still have a star on top. <laughs> but I think with, with with any of this, like you, you sit there and you're like, okay, well, what makes me grouchy? That requires you to do a certain thing, which mm -hmm. is actually look back. It mm -hmm. actually takes some reflection, right? Otherwise, you just are just kind of you're like, oh, you're the pissed off person. Man, I just had to look at Twitter <laughs> <laughs> like two seconds ago. <laughs> well, but I think there's a thing where like you know, you look back, but then you look forward. Two seconds yeah, yeah, ago, yeah. I was looking back. I was looking back. I know. So you got, your, you got your looking back, you got your looking forward. Yeah. And that's really actually what the episode's about today. Yep. It's about that kind of reflection, but then also moving forward, which is what we tend to do in like a cultural level mm -hmm. as like, you know, a pop level of like, you know, our resolutions are a realization that we didn't do something as well as we wanted or we haven't done something. Therefore, we're going to interject some sort of mm -hmm. uh, positivism into mm -hmm. what's ahead of us and say, I'm going to do this better or I'm going to start doing this. Um Personally, I'm not a. We stopped doing a resolution like yeah. thing a while back. Um, so what we did, um, so usually we travel to see family on their holidays, and on the way back, what we do is Callie and I would have a conversation that we called a better list, and so um, we would make this better list every year. And what it was is not resolutions because we weren't trying to have like some like hocus pocus of some saying like bind us to a thing right mm. we weren't trying to like name it and claim it we weren't trying to manifest it we weren't doing those things because we know that doesn't work instead what we were doing is we were trying to set like kind of guideposts for ourselves to be like hey we realize that we don't do this as well as we'd like to we'd like to make steps forward because i think one of the things that's difficult about a resolution is all or nothing mm -hmm. right it's like i've either lost the 30 pounds or i've failed mm -hmm. right which is problematic um 
Because very few people are like, I'm going to work harder every day to be a kinder person. You know, that's usually mm-hmm. not what a resolution is. They usually mm-hmm. say things like, I'm going to stop yelling at people for no reason. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people are advised to, you know, make you know, make sure that your goals are measurable and, mm-hmm. you know, discreet. So that way you really know when you've achieved it. Because if you don't have a goal that you know that you've achieved, like, how can you know anything? That's yeah. like, I mean, in the business world, that's a really common thing. Oh, um, yeah. And so I feel like we just sort of import that and be like, oh, well, if I don't have like a number attached to it and a time frame attached to it, how can I ever know if I'm successful? Yeah. We turn our lives into measurable metrics. Yeah. It's sort of like a difficult. goals versus maybe you could say it's like a goals versus process mentality. Mm-hmm. It's like you could say, well, I have a, a hope to develop a habit versus mm-hmm. I just want to execute this goal. Right, yeah, because there's a, I mean, we've talked about this in the past, over the last three years of this podcast, is that uh, we don't we don't understand how much we've industrial, how, how much we've like imbibed ourselves on industrialization, right? So the, uh, one of the, one of the sneaky problematic things that have been imported from industrialization into common society is this idea of efficiency. Um, whereas before in history, your efficiency was directly related to your need. It wasn't, it wasn't a metric in and of itself, right? Mm-hmm. So, so if I was living somewhere, I had my house, I was a farmer, my efficiency was really dependent on how many people needed to have that food, right? So my land needed to produce enough to support me plus whatever I was selling so I could buy the things I couldn't produce. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's a, that's a very simplification, very big simplification sure. of what was going on. But then it gets to a point now where we're like, oh, I'm efficiency engineering myself, to a place where like I'm removing all of these sort of things and it's like, well, to what end? Well, because I can say I've done it, I've mm-hmm. got my metric, I've measured it, whatever. Um, By the way, that's the, this is the hobby horse, but and this gets into like a future talk we got, a future series we got coming with mm-hmm. as far as like the science fiction stuff. But um, yeah, we'll be doing a, well, we're doing a series, Cody. Oh, we've never done that before. We're using um, a, a series? series? Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're doing a series using science fiction films, discrete science fiction films to talk about particular ideas that are at play for humans. So, right. So, like, this is going to be my excuse to go watch some movies that you guys have seen that I haven't. Yeah, we're going to have a list. Yes. That's coming, y'all. We're doing a whole series on, and we're going to try to bring some guests in that delve into certain areas of research or technology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, it's going to be, you know, kind kind of a nice, Jump off from the um, Christmas Carol, yeah, yeah. Like that. Uh, idea. So, anyhow, um, the industrialization is a an efficiency conversation. It sets a an expectation for how it is that we change, mm-hmm. and so once that's been turned on us, which it has been, then we continue to fail the failure continues to manifest better mechanisms that demand less of our humanity and more of our mm. absolute uh, absolving into the technology. Yeah. So what I mean by that is like uh, seemingly benign things like an app that tells you how many calories you're eating, which is great, which is a tool. Yeah, it could be helpful. It's a very mm. helpful thing. But when, once it links arms or it choruses with uh, a multitude of desires and inability to persevere, makes it more plausible for us to jump ship and say, I just want to be transhumanist. I just want to be a non-human entity because I want alleviation from my failure. And I, and it, because when 
I think, at least in, anecdotally, most of the times we're not actually accounting for our root problems when we oh, yeah. look to, to address whatever said issue is. Uh, most of the time, somebody somewhere said who can search the heart, you know, the desire. Somebody, somebody important said that you, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. So um, we don't actually very well know what causes us to be any number of ways. So we f- we speculate in a way that's palatable and manageable to us. Mm-hmm. And then we use that to assess what we think our problem is. So we use our problem as a solution to a problem that we've manufactured, mm-hmm. which is really a symptom, right? So that's yeah. why, so, what, so then what happens is that creates these opportunities that generate new um, proposed solutions to the further mm-hmm. capitulation of the problem. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. I feel like, uh, a metaphor popped in my head of like if you have a flower and you're like, well, this flower is this color, but I want it to be a different color, and you don't understand what causes flowers to be certain colors, mm-hmm. then your solution is, well, let me just mechanistically like paint the petals of this flower a different yeah. color. And then when that doesn't work very well, you're like, well, wouldn't it be easier if I just made fake flowers in the color that I want? Mm-hmm. And suddenly you're you're ending up with a thing that looks like what you wanted, but, but it's, it's not, not a, a flower. But it's not so it's fundamentally something. It's like different. fundamentally yeah. you've changed into something different. Yeah. It's dead. The essence of the thing has to be accounted for. If mm-hmm. not, then you're so the essence of what a human is has to be accounted for and what our what our chief end is and what our uh, purpose is, what our state is as far as what ails us what Mm -hmm. so like these are all things we've hit at a lot of times but but it it utterly it's utterly at play so in in um you know reading a book recently yesterday one of the things that's talked about is the difference spot on to this conversation is the difference between um industrialized efficiency and um faithfulness so i'm just declaring i'm i'm uh putting to death my understanding of efficiency yeah i'm done Mm -hmm. because faithfulness is a fuller understanding of what has been entrusted to you Mm -hmm. and what you must do with it which demands more of you and puts more responsibility on you efficiency puts more responsibility on mechanisms Mm -hmm. in place of you so so what i'm trying to say and so then when we import that as ideological casual ideological category for like you just need to manage your time better yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you need to stop being lazy. Mm-hmm. Like that's you're not being faithful with what's been given to you. Yeah. It's not an issue of efficiency. That that's there's no place in the design of a machine. That's just you not actually understanding your frame and how to carry what has been tr- entrusted to you, mm-hmm. whether it's your family, your friends, the materials in front of you, your bank account, your uh, uh, opportunities, uh, open door opportunities to be an exhibiting artist, whatever it is. Um, if you're not taking those, well, then you got to do inventory with why is it you're not faithful with what is in front of you? Yeah. So, so I'm just saying like, put myself on the chopping block and saying like, uh, efficiency is a way of excusing yourself from taking responsibility mm-hmm. Yeah. because then you can blame the system and the mechanism and look for another set of means to do the same thing. And it, and what it does is it kicks the can to next year mm-hmm. and then you're at next year, which I've been year after year on many things. Um, so anyhow, in this conversation where I, where I, where I stand with it is um, I'm not anti-resolution. I get it. Uh, and I don't want to down anyone who makes resolutions because I understand the need. And what I think it is, is I think we, we need um, not resets. Uh, although some might say that I think it's, I think it's accounting for our frame. Like we, mm-hmm. we're, we, we're uh, more vulnerable and um, 
problematic than we want to believe and we're more dependent than we want to believe mm-hmm. and we need like revelation like we need folks to tell us about ourselves mm-hmm. um we I mean, otherwise twitter wouldn't exist just honestly social media would not exist um but but we need um we need like centering like we need to be like kind of like calibrated mm-hmm. you know like cars get tuned up you know not to defeat my own argument by using a mechanistic system but but we 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 need uh tooling and um and we need respite we mm-hmm. need like uh uh fresh um space to operate from to account for what has been and to uh do it better as you said or 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 um exist in a more in, in a richer state of of doing yeah it's a faithful richer state of doing and i'm trying to be careful because i want to push against um you know tropes that drive us into the same problem like better or worse yeah like better or worse is it's true it's true and functional it, it's and got helpful. associations it, but it has associations and they and they autopilot us back into that and they I, i'm saying i'm talking about myself like mm-hmm. so i'm not saying this in any kind of way that's devoid of me so like just looking in, you know, I was reading this book and just like sitting there and like, I'm like, yeah, I'm just unfaithful with what I've been given. Mm-hmm. I just don't use it that well. And I, because I idolize comfort, because I sentimentalize relationships and I, I am w- weary of work. Mm-hmm. So I construct reasonings, but then I hate myself the next year. Because I fail, I fail in that schematic. That yeah. schematic always fails. So it's like this year is like for me is not so much a resolution as it is like a you know I'm saying this. I can't get more honest about myself than what I'm saying to y'all. Mm-hmm. So for me, the new year it works when you're like a you know you work in a university you get some time off. Mm-hmm. So I was sick, and then you see you're on your back frustrated, mm-hmm. very sick. And uh, my family gets sick. Everybody gets sick, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you know, getting ready to go into another year. And it's like, dude, I'm in year 16 of teaching at this university. I am just turned 47. Not having a midlife crisis, but I get how it happens because, because you're like, oh, I got here quickly. Like mm-hmm. my daughter just turned 13. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I literally was dancing with her singing Dora the Explorer songs in her saggy diaper. Mm-hmm. You know, with her shirt off, running around like a wild two-year-old, mm-hmm. and she is like a thirteen-year-old young lady, and it it in in the cliche that the cliche is really only cliche because you haven't been there yet. Yeah. So when you're not there, you're like that's cliche. Everybody says that it's because it's so stinking true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get to a point where you're like, how many years can I continue to fall utterly short mm-hmm. of what I've been entrusted? And, and, uh, so I, I have like a disdain welled up inside of me for my own lack of stewarding responsibility. Well, I think you bring up an important point, which is, um, when we (coughs) have like the resolution conversation, we, we fail to look at the totality of, of the spectrum of time. So we look back and then we look forward. And I think oftentimes we fail to account for where we are right now. Mm-hmm. So the inventory of now is often lost in that resolution mm-hmm. space. And some of that is going to be things like frame and ability. Like, you know, um, 
I can I can set all kinds of goals that are unattainable, not just because I couldn't do them, but because they can't possibly be done. Mm-hmm. Right? We uh, we're good at burdening ourselves as like these pack mules with things that are only going to produce anxiety, problems, disappointment. Like we're good at doing that, but we tell ourselves we do it in the name of something positive. Um, but it's not anything that has like actual merit or something to stand we equate, on. Because we equate value and scale. So we right. scale things to something that a lot of times makes it feel justifiable in our minds to, to angle towards because we want an assurance of value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we've got too much packed into uh, what we think about. And like that's where it's like if you typically – so like so one of the things that is the uh, issue in this conversation for a lot of us is the difference between being ends focused and means focused. Mm-hmm. And and typically means focused people tend to get the ends that ends focused people want. Yeah. So so but it doesn't work the other way. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times ends focused people don't can't develop a working relationship with the means with just the work. And so 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 uh, things peter out very quickly. They don't they don't sustain at all because and you know um, that's that's why you know societies are built by certain people and not other people mm-hmm. because it's typically the people that can actually get into the means of it. Like like they they and then lo and behold, at some point, um, again, kind of paraphrasing from this read, but like and I, I think it's true. I've said often in the past, like you have to walk the well worn path that others lay before you <laughs> to discover your own voice in it, and and people. And the arts don't like that, but it's true. Like, like if you just start with yourself and expression, you just end up with something that a, f- a four-year-old would make. And, and then you have to over-explain and justify it because you're a, a sentimentally attached to the idea that your importance should translate in this original thing. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, if you're going to learn to play piano, you play every day repetitiously mm-hmm. and you do it to such an extent that it becomes a part of a part of your DNA. It's in your bones. And then you may discover you're someone who ends up writing a new song or someone else may down the road say your personal style is very original. And you may find that that is true, but that you weren't necessarily angling for that. It's a natural relational byproduct of working out the means over an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. That is true for everything. Brick builders learn to build buildings the way that has preceded them Mm -hmm. and and then you get to some point through repetition where somebody actually does something that everyone goes wow that's different Mm -hmm. um or you do the opposite which is you destroy uh culture by leveling everything to the same outcome Mm -hmm. and 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 the and the you can't build culture to the same outcome you have to level it to the same outcome and call it building Mm -hmm. so now you're now you're not being honest that's what a lot of folks are looking for is the um, leveling outcome with the denial of it being a deflating of things and calling it something substantial achievement achievement mm-hmm. but like but like you can't get around turning the wrench enough to know what it means to turn a wrench yeah. or or riding a bike repetitiously enough to ride a bike and maybe jumping off a ramp mm-hmm. which turns into a backflip which someone else does and then turns into a double backflip and then next thing you know someone goes there should be a an event for this we're going to call it x games and now <laughs> yeah. like culture is always built through repetition yeah. no and one, rhythm and no work. one just said we need to do x games okay now that we've got our end goal in mind like yeah. how do we fill in the gaps yeah yeah, yeah. yeah there's there's always the the metaphor that's used a lot about journey and destination right mm-hmm. uh can't see the forest for the trees. There's a lot of things that kind of talk in the same space. And I think the, the journey destination thing <laughs> is, is great. Um, 
you know, because we 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 use the journey destination sort of metaphors when we talk about setting goals, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, to use a map, you got to know where you are and you got to know where you're going, right? So there has to be some sort of outcome understanding there to be able to. Otherwise, you're just kind of blindly walking out. Yeah. So there's got to be some something there. Most people on guide. a journey do have a destination, right? Whether or not that's the total end destination or like some sort of like other destination that gets you to another point. Um, but it also means like the, the, but just knowing your destination doesn't make the journey unimportant, right? Well, yeah, it's, 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 it's yeah, it's, that's why I said ends, ends focused doesn't mean that you're right. not participating in the means. And means focused doesn't mean that you don't have an end. It's where you focus, mm-hmm. but it's your, also like your hope and expectation. You push that metaphor of like the destination journey thing. Like I could know that I'm headed to New York, but that doesn't mean everything I do in the interim gets me there yeah right so it is like i have to focus on like well where am i now and where will i be in five seconds and another and that's not to like laden ourselves with 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 like uh stress and hardship and anxiety and like not to powder keg every moment we have but Mm -hmm. it is to say like you you don't get to have one or the other you have to have them both yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and i think the the thing with resolutions is we that is the it's the ends yeah we often want that there's a reason why diet pills exist yeah Yeah. because we just can't steward Give me lives. the thing. Don't make me do the work. Yeah, don't make me steward it in the in Because if you just granular. have an end in mind, then the question just becomes, well, what's the most efficient way that I can get to that end? Well, it's, yeah, so it becomes efficiency, but also it's a dishonesty about your problem. Mm-hmm. But that's what I, that's what I mean when I say like, if you, if you, you're not accounting for what ails you. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so you, so you want a, an imaginary benefit of being in a different place. And so like, it's it's just not enough to deal with what ails us as as humans. Um, it, interestingly enough, I watched this like little cheeky video yesterday of uh, um, this lady who didn't wanted to be an artist, mm-hmm. uh, illustrator, and she didn't draw or anything. So she's like, she's like gave herself three years, mm. and she it was interesting. I was like, uh, she started teaching herself to draw, and she like looked at all the tools available to her. So tools, mediums, mediums and tools. So like people, a medium, right? I mean, we're more than that, but we are a medium and we are a tool, mm-hmm. right? And I know that makes folks uncomfortable, but it's true. And then, and then you know, technology like Instagram, Patreon, like she looked at all the available options for her. And it was cool. Like she was learning to draw, started posting things. And within two years, she had become a working illustrator to where... Hmm she got to where she's paid above minimum wage. This young single person just kind of, but like literally went from nothing to learning to draw. But what it took was she drew every day. Mm-hmm. She wasn't like focused on the end. She knew what the end was. She knew what her goal was. She gave herself, but she, but she what she did was she stewarded. She was faithful to what she had. Mm-hmm. And she committed to doing it properly and got to her goal faster to where now she's looking at scalability in the in year three of her business to mm-hmm. where she may be able to outsource work. But there's no magic. It was an honest inventory and then a development of a love for what she did. Mm-hmm. She did. She acquired a taste for doing what she perceived that she wanted to do. So it's like, it's like um, when you get married, you promise a future love. Mm-hmm. But you don't live, you don't, 
you don't prove the future love. You live the marriage, mm-hmm. and every occasion is a chance to deliver on the promise you've made. Yeah. So marriages fail because people don't get that. Right. It's not you don't get a, a free pass. You don't say I married you, now I ain't gotta do anything. Mm-hmm. That's how marriages fail. Because they assumed it was magic. Yeah. Well, that's how jobs people fail in jobs, because they assume it is magic. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got the right job. I sh- this is magic. I should just be happy. No, your whole perspective is too shallow. Yeah. It's far too shallow. It does not deal with reality. You have to be inconvenienced through the burden of doing the thing you said you wanted to do. Here's this person, didn't go to art school, didn't do any of that. Just tons of free tools, watched videos, drew every day what they wanted to draw, didn't do it very well. Got better and better a little bit at a time. Got critiques from people on review boards and like just kind of found her niche. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, um, was it my my kind of my cup of tea? No, but I I was like, I love seeing this because it just proves the point over and over again. There is no magic pill. Right. Unless you are grossly talented. And and the like an example of this would be LeBron James. Mm -hmm. Utterly gifted. I'm not a huge LeBron James fan, so I'm not I'm not trying to defend things that I don't care about, but it's an example of someone who's playing basketball in their 20th year in a way we've never seen before. And one thing is undeniable. The dude takes care of his body. And like most athletes don't after a certain point. So the guy always talks about the process and then people are like, how are you still here? And he keeps telling them the same thing. I take care of my body. I love the process. Wait, how did you do that? I take care of it's like we want an answer, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, so he ha- he's physically gifted, but there's no reason he should be playing this long. Shaq was unique as well. And mm-hmm. Shaq didn't, didn't do that. And he didn't play as long. So what I'm trying to say is there's, even when it's the exceptional, exceptionally gifted person, if they realize it, you'll find that they love the process and they worked it out and they stewarded what was in front of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, like, say, yeah, LeBron's still playing 82 games. It's crazy. You know, it's not like he, was like, yeah, I'm really good, so I I'll just play 30 games a season. Yeah, all he's good. still balling. He's still scoring more than <laughs> more than right now. He's averaging 29 points a game. Most people never do that ever. Right. He's in year 20. The, yeah, the, and he's 87 years old. Yeah, he's like his his hairline is down. His, <laughs> That's right. His back right now. That's right. His his hairline is actually just his back hair. His back hair. But <laughs> but but I mean, I I just want to hammer it home like. You know, it's like if you if you're not uh, like I still get clean in my bedroom, you know, like Laura has to get on me for that. Like I where I'm really at is like I have to like really remember to like put the dishes away. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like like I don't I cut my own hair. Right. And I'm supposed to cut it every week because it just that's just like the rhythm I've committed to. And I get lazy. and I'm like, I don't want to cut my hair like I'm that guy. Like I have a know-how so I can cut my hair or I cut my son's hair. I should be cutting. I should be no problem. It should be a grateful thing going back to the other service. I should be excited to do it because it saves me some money and it's a chance to connect with my son, let's say. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always let his hair grow way longer than I should because he wants his hair cut sooner. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm saying, I'm not making a, a value judgment on hair length. I'm saying like, yeah, yeah. like I've been given certain abilities and uh, where I'm at is like I bemoan doing it mm-hmm. and I'm like, instead I should be grateful that I can yeah. because it saves me money because we can't afford it. And, um, and it takes me not that long. And, uh, just as an example, like, like, yeah, like I can get 
really irritated the fact that I got a house to take care of. I never thought I'd have a house in my life. Yeah. You know, I would rather watch 500 episodes of Property Brothers. I'd rather watch somebody else build a house yeah. than build a house. Mm-hmm. That's, that's who I really am. I wanna, I, I'm a vicarious observer of other people's doings. Mm-hmm. And the conflict yeah. is I don't want to be that. Yeah. But I don't want to do anything to change it. Well, and it's tough because really like at the heart of it is getting to a place where it's like what what this requires of us is to be consistently active in the present, mm-hmm. which is tough, mm-hmm. right? Because we always want to say, and we live in a culture that's very much like, yeah, take a break. You do you. Mm-hmm. You know, you deserve it. Mm-hmm. Give some self-care. Standard gets lower so that you can lower your standards because yeah. you're always relativizing what you do against others. Mm-hmm. That's part of the problem. And it's tough uh, because, I mean, this was part of like why we started doing the thing that we called the better list is <clears throat> because we just got to a point where every year we were saying things like, Hey, we want to, you know, your standard resolutions, whatever it is, like, you know, <clears throat> a weight loss, time management, career, like, you know, you had your little Money. buckets, you're just throwing something into, but I'd much rather say something instead of being like, I need to spend more time with my kids. I'd rather say something like, no, I want to want to go to dinner with my oldest daughter by herself three times this year. Like some, something like that. Because then what it is, like, you have to contend with that in the present. Mm -hmm. You don't get to contend with that in the future. You could push it out there and just say, no, I'm not doing it. And it's just always in the future. It's a goal that's attainable. Um, But what you have to do is sit there in the present. And so, like, you know, I, dude, I completely get the whole, like, clean your room thing. Uh, You know, my wife's always like, why didn't, I mean, you could have put the socks over there. Mm -hmm. Like, why here? But that's an in-the-moment thing. Mm -hmm. Right? So I'm... I'm either prioritizing something in the future more than that thing, so I shortchange it now, or I don't rightly also understand how my actions impact people around me, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is another part of it is like, you know, like if I just drop that thing there, I'm not even thinking about the fact that my wife is going to feel compelled to like pick that up Mm -hmm. for me or that one of my kids are or something, Mm -hmm. you know, or that future Gareth is going to have to do that maybe when he doesn't have the time for it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's just like we the one place where we actually can make a difference, the present, we abdicate. Yeah. And, and that's what I mean by faithfulness. Else. Fidelity yeah. is worth talking. It's like diligence and faithfulness. Like, like, do you have a wandering eye for everything but what you've been given? Yeah. I think, and I know this, when you're married, you, you've committed to be faithful to your spouse. That's what it ought to be. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, people can push back, but whatever. Um, it ought to be that. So if you have a wandering eye, you're, you're unfaithful. And so your your time spent noticing other things will cause you to miss what you should have been noticing about your relationship. Mm-hmm. So your relationship to what you've been entrusted. Like if you've been entrusted a room, be faithful to the room you've been given. Yeah. If you've been entrusted to three articles of clothing, be faithful to that. Like mm-hmm. like steward faithfully what you have and play it out in stop and don't worry as much about what it gets you. Right. So that you're better prepared to be where you want to be. So the idea is like if you have something to steward, you already have something. Yes, it's that so goes like, back to gratitude. So, yes. so often it's easy to say, "Well, this is what I have," but this is where I'm trying to, I'm trying to get to mm-hmm. this next space with what I have. Yeah, without actually taking stock of well, what do you actually have? Yeah, because what you have is the means to get there. And yeah. what we do is we just make um, video game style resets and go, "Well, I'm just jumping from this to that because mm-hmm. that's better." And that's that's an upgrade mentality. Mm-hmm. I'll just get a better app. I'll get a better job. And and what you find then is like people do this, and then they're like, "Oh, it's the same stuff." Yeah, because you're the same person with the same problems. Nothing yeah. actually changed. Mm-hmm. Not really. 
Not at the level that you're hoped for, not the soul mm-hmm. level, not the physical level. And so like sometimes, right? But but we're mostly not there. I mean, so so the average person stays in like the most important jobs, these big administrative jobs, like three years. Mm-hmm. It's like, we, so our society is built out of a dereliction to what I'm saying, which means hospitals are overrun with people that are sick. Why? Well, because they just didn't say no. Mm-hmm. They didn't, they didn't take care of their most immediate responsibilities, me included. I've uh, burdened hospitals more than once with my health. So what I'm saying is like, there's a point where you have to come to the place of saying like, I am a this and not a that. Mm-hmm. And I need help. I got to be accountable. I got to be honest. You have to be truthful. So we are not a truthful culture. We no. do not tell the truth. We fabricate, fabricate, fabricate. So like, um, it gets more and more painful to come to terms with it. It, it just, it's, it's painful. Um, it's uneventful to be laid bare and tell the truth in a culture that doesn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. It's uneventful. There's no existential benefit to it, mm-hmm. but it's necessary. That's the thing. It's necessary. The truth will set you free. If you don't, if you tell the truth, then you don't, you know, to the book project I'm working on, like, then you have nothing to prove, nothing to protect. Mm-hmm. Stuff may go wrong for you. Mm-hmm. But you'll have a clear conscience. Yeah. If you can live truthfully within your frame, you may get eyes to see why it is that you're in that frame. You may actually begin to appreciate it instead of being gaslit by it, uh, by your um, lesser lesser demons, if you will. You mm-hmm. know, like the the things that seek to devour and, and lead you astray. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more to it, of course. Like I mean, it's it's much bigger, but. Um, um, I mean, we're living in an escalated time that demands uh, not blame shifting, mm-hmm. not excusing, not um, demonizing. Mm-hmm. Such a demonized society, um, <clears throat> which does not permit gratitude and joy. Yeah, yeah. You know, just kind of coming on the heels of uh, uh, it, it. It fundamentally denies what humans are. Mm-hmm. Uh, humans are, are are wired for joy and gratitude and care well i think i mean you know it's probably a pretty good segue like so with a kind of diagnosis uh description you know understanding sort of part so then in terms of like resolution space or whatever like what does that look like for us like coming up on a new year like obviously it it can't be that you have no goals Right. right, you can't just you can't yeah. you can't do you know jump from one ditch to the other. You can't just say, deconstruct the whole project and say, yeah. well, wouldn't like, it be better? Well, goals if we just are the change. problem. So if I don't have goals, yeah. I fixed it. So it's got to be something else. Which yeah. a lot of people do. I mean, you'll oh, see 100%. a lot of, of. I think the anti-resolution talk. The anti-resolution is, is probably louder right now than the resolution talk. Yeah, so it's like it's an error With, in the wrong direction. It, yes. does, it doesn't. They're just demon. It's like the person who gets really keyed up to make fun of people that uh, uh, get too keyed up about Super Bowl. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you're still on there complaining about all the Super Bowl people. You're yeah. ju- you're just barking in the opposite direction so you mm-hmm. can be noticed. It's the same problem. So then, what is that? What does yeah. that even look like? I mean, are yeah. there are there particular things that yeah, you know yeah. any of us are wanting to kind of like be actively present with? Yeah. In terms of the conversation we have, I mean, um, I know for me, one of the things is I have. And I've talked about this on the podcast before, but. I have always I've always described myself as like a goal or task oriented person, which means that the thing is in the future. And so I've had to over the last few years like work hard and deal with this in a personal way of like how do I how do I understand that I can get just what you're saying earlier, get to the task by doing the the parts. Yeah. Um 
and it's a harder thing to do um, than it sounds like because you're like, oh, well, if you're going to get to the tasks, then all the work is thrown in. And it's mm -hmm. like, not always. Yeah. Not always. So, well, you uh, have to, you have to, not to, and I don't know if we could do this on the podcast, but you have to go back and, and I'll say for myself what it is, but you have to go back and look at, um, you have to, I think we are invited to have a new narrative hang over our heads. Mm -hmm. So, so, um, the new narrative is always leans towards a fullness. Mm -hmm. That means that task orientedness possibly is a way of avoiding work. Yeah. yeah. So, so, um, so then the question is, well, why do I want to avoid work? Well, then that becomes another, another conversation over here, like to like deeper, right? Um, and on the other hand, you can't throw out, like you said, you can't throw out like the, the need to achieve goals. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how is that redeemable? Mm -hmm. Well, it's redeemable by getting a better assessment of why it is that, that um, we may uh, angle for goals and tasks that allow us to keep our, um, what's, what's the word is, is a kind of a sovereignty of evaluation. Mm -hmm. So let's say I'm, let's say I'm super lazy, which I partly am. Then I can always talk a good game and rationalize the value of why I'm putting something off mm -hmm. and when I'm deciding to do it, because I'm really basing it on my gut, yeah, yeah, like how I feel today. And now I'm mostly doing things that don't bring about like not working typically produces a desire to not work. Mm -hmm. So the only way to achieve goals is to scale down and, and under like turn over responsibility for the um, fullness of outcome a little bit like into the ether or, mm -hmm. you know, I mm -hmm. as a God fearing guy, like my faith is that, there's something more that is helping to bring this about. So then for me, like I'm, I'm fighting with the fact that I have to believe that there's greater value in jumpstarting my motor for work than there is for procrastination and idling in, in the direction of triviality. Right. So, but, but I, but I'm, but I, have to really, 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 really establish how monumental that monster is in my life. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's not, it's, it's bigger than me. So my, my cell phone time will tell you that. So like, why am I so prone to distraction? And I can't give a full answer but I can tell you my life says that um, like I, I, I'm habituated towards not um, like I'm not faithful enough at an ordinary level. Um, like I'm just not, I'm so you have to say, so it has to be that you're lazy. Mm. Like I'm lazy. Well, why am I lazy? Cause I'm self-centered. Mm -hmm. Well, why am I self-centered? Because somewhere deep down inside, I just want things to revolve around me. Yeah. And that's an untenable existence. Mm -hmm. The world doesn't work that way. So what I have to do is do enough to get the world to feel like it's working that way. And that's what motivates my work. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's like a narcissism that always points back to me. 
And so like, because I can't just exist as Jabba the Hutt with everything orienting around me, I have to work enough to get some, some things to orient around me to satisfy me and make me feel as though the world revolves around me. Mm-hmm. So the whole premise is busted is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, moralistically, I can't just assume a selfless position because yeah. that's like assuming I don't have cancer mm-hmm. when I do, let's say right, I right. don't, but like that I know of, but but like you can't just assume you don't have cancer. You you actually have to be like, oh, I got I got this cancer. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that requires a physician. Yeah, and then that requires me taking medicine. Like I got to start with where I'm really at. Mm-hmm. And uh, and a lot of times, you know, if you're trying to get well, you have to be accountable. Mm-hmm. You have to be accountable. Like you have yeah. to submit to other people's care of you that are also undergoing the same treatments. And um, it it will look very unglamorous and feel like death mm-hmm. because you're, because like, I, like, like if I start reading a book, which, you know, I read all the time, you guys know that, like I, my thumb literally wants to check the phone. Mm-hmm. It takes like three minutes at this point, And I'm like, I need to check my phone. And it's yeah. like, I'm not holding my thoughts captive. I'm not asking myself, why do I want to do that? Yeah. So how do you hold your thoughts captive? Yeah. If you start doing that, it's humbling. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, every two minutes I have to stop and recenter. Mm-hmm. And reevaluate what what am I doing right now? Yeah, well, I know like um, over the last few years, as I've had this conversation, we've had this conversation off air a lot. Um, you know, as close friends, yeah, you care about each other. Mm-hmm. You yep, talk about this junk. So the uh, one of the things I've I've come to terms with is like I through like whenever I now hear myself say task oriented or goal oriented person there's like a punch in the face of my ontology mm-hmm. or my ideas of ontology. Um, because what I've found that I do um, is I hold value only in the completion of a thing, the completion or achievement. So the value of anything is only in the end pro- mm-hmm. in space. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is whether I've understood this or not, the work the task itself that leads to the goal then becomes demonized. So work becomes something to avoid mm-hmm. or something that's so is such a drudgery that I can only do it in small pieces. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I've got this, this block this day for these things. Um, and then only in extreme circumstances does it require me to say, hey, I'm doing 10 hours of this today. And so what that means then is that Honestly, this entire thing, if I'm looking at kind of a, a space of resolve or resolution, then it would be completely stupid of me to say, I'm going to find joy in work. That's my resolution. Okay, cool. Yeah. Great. I might as well say I want to turn my house into a chocolate factory. Yeah, it was basically saying I'm, if I'm going to find joy in work as the solution, I've guaranteed the failure. Yeah. Because you haven't evaluated the problem. Exactly. So yeah. the problem then becomes something where like the resolution is not going to be a binding thing to me. Yeah. Like just because I've said I want to do this, it's it's already going to be a failure. Yeah. 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 So um instead what I have to do is I have to look at it and say, okay, well then 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 how are you actually understanding some of the things we talked about in the last series, like things like joy and self-control yeah. and yeah. gratitude and patience. Like yep. these things actually matter because they're underlying That's right. like foundational aspects of reality. Why is self-control necessary? Because I actually don't want to do what I'm supposed to do and I have yeah. to be in self-control. And then jo- joy becomes a goal as much as a reality. Mm-hmm. And, and it's an all-encompassing thing. It's like 
it's a diagnosis that recognize I'm joyless. Mm-hmm. Please give me joy. I need it, joy. It also means that it, it doesn't doesn't negate that in the moment I have to kind of tell myself like, no, this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like I have to rewire myself. Yeah. Yes, you have to scale there. down to where you're really at so you can get to the addressing. Mm-hmm. Like the like it's like applying ointment to a wound. You know, you you you, you gotta go ahead and um, like I had a wound in my arm last year and I had to put ointment on my arm like four times a day. Yeah. And if I didn't do that, it didn't heal. Yeah. And it was obnoxious because I would get lazy and go, I'll just put some on in the classic Ryan is like, I'll put some on at night in the, and, and then in the morning. And then that would go to like, well, I'll just put it on the morning and then I stopped doing it. And it's like, my pattern is to devolve yeah. into laziness and just be like, this is inconvenience to my comfort. Mm-hmm. Not going to do that. And, um, and I can, I can rationalize anything, you know, yeah. whether, whether or not it's rational or not, you know, just to say like, that's, Part, partly a distortion of my weakness is to rationalize it. It's a distortion. So um, because it, the, the, the person who gets the work done doesn't have to rationalize it. No. Because they got it done. Yeah, finished. It's done. I took care of it. I took my vitamins. Yeah, I don't have those health issues. Yeah. Well, I do because, you know, I'm the because guy. So like where I'm at is harshly doing battle with myself. Mm-hmm. not playing nice mm-hmm. and which I think will mean that I may be a little more uncomfortable to be around this year. Sorry, guy. I mean, come on, w- bring it. Well, because, <laughs> and it, because, because like I have to not play nice. I have to not domesticate mm-hmm. the things that are robbing my life yeah. mm-hmm. that are stealing my joy that are, are enabling in the furtherance of problems. And at the end of the day, it's like there becomes a point where you're like, I can't live like this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live like this anymore. But I also know, that I need help because um, I've never successfully done this just by myself. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the other thing this failure of resolutions, I think, is that we look at them as individual pursuits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you it's know, like so if we could do it by ourselves. It had been done, right? We wouldn't need to be making a resolution because we'd yeah. just be doing it already. Yeah, you'd be doing it already. And, and I, it's like if you ask yourself, when have you ever successfully executed a resolution to where you never had to stop dealing with it again? Yeah. I never have. Nope. If people look at me and say, "Oh, you get a lot of stuff done," I mean, I, I have been told that, mm-hmm. and I probably get twenty percent done of what I should be getting done. Mm-hmm. No, that's what I mean. I, I understand that. So, like, so it's like for me, it's like, no, it is urgent, and I'm not going to listen to the siren song that says otherwise. I'm mm-hmm. not going to like, like, um, I'm going to fail hard, trying hard, mm-hmm. a little bit, um, with the recognition that I need a lot of help that is bigger than me, right? So it's like a a, a, a humility to say like. Um, enough to say, uh, I need, I need help and, um, there are things I can do. So I guess what I'm trying to say is once you get it in proportion, Mm -hmm. well, and you start your day, you get glimpses of it. Um, we just get, we're, we're also tempted to be self-satisfied very easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're really shallow. You know, like we're, we really settle for mud pies. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I think C.S. Lewis said that, like when there's like eternal riches and glory in front of us, we're, we're over here marveling over our mud pie. Mm-hmm. Look at, you know, kids are a great example of that. Look what I did, you it's know, like, and it's like they're three years old and they're cute as mess. They got food all over their face and they didn't do anything, but you love them. So you're like, you did it, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. But like, we don't really outgrow that very much. Mm-hmm. So when we, we get older, we're still living a look what I did world and we're doing less and less. It's becoming more and more absurd. 
And we're having to then justify it harder and harder. If you want to know what's happening to our society, listen to this talk and magnify it out to every person on the planet. Mm -hmm. And you've got one big culture of justification and no work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, truly, no responsibility for what we've been entrusted. We've been given an abundance and we don't use it abundantly. Mm-hmm. And we give justifications for it. Of course, there's problems and of course, there's oppressors. And of course, but but how many of you are really diligent with what you have? I'm not. So that's, yeah. yeah so nobody. Yeah, so I, I'm challenging myself. Like mm-hmm. one of my challenges is can, like, I've tried to say it to myself this way, like, can I live? Like, can I dare try to be the very thing that I've never been? Like, like at the end of the day, can I propose it as like a, I dare you to try to give it a real shot? Because the truth is I've never given it a real shot. Mm-hmm. I'm too weak. I'm too faint. But I'm actually capable. So like that's the paradox. It's like I'm weak and faint in certain senses, but I'm actually quite capable. So it's like the proposition to myself has been like, you know, I started losing weight, mm-hmm. getting healthier, and then like, you know, I've fumbled it through the gauntlet of the last six weeks. So what I'm left with is like I can go back because I've started to go back, or mm-hmm. I can take the momentum and frame it positively and say, hey, you are existing with an opportunity yep. to – Go forward and and continue to dig into the labor. Mm-hmm. So, like the proposition for myself is, what would happen to you and others around you if you devoted a year to this? And here's the thing: habits take time, mm-hmm. and habits take diligence. And so, like if I can form all these negative habits, habits with help and a lot of prayer and pleading mm-hmm. and a recognition of how weak my frame is, it has to be possible to form new habits and to like kind of like. So, so, you know, if you say like I'm task oriented, like I got my own ideas about myself, what I'm trying to propose to myself is a completely different understanding of myself that I haven't yet. Yeah. It's, a, it's like saying I'm a this and now I have to go inhabit that. Mm-hmm. I got married. Now I have to go love my wife. Mm-hmm. I'm a this, not a that. And now I have to go faithfully inhabit that. Mm-hmm. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to. So, so it's one thing is just changing my, just, Changing my self-understanding because it doesn't change you, mm-hmm. but it can clear you and put you in a place of new requests and uh, for help because you've like dislodged your self-understanding and said, no, 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 I'm not wedded to these things anymore. I'm anchored to this. Yeah. And this definitionally gives me space to become a new thing. Mm-hmm. I want to be a new thing. I don't mm-hmm. want to be an old thing anymore. Yeah. You know, I want to die trying. So like there's no real magic pill. Mm-hmm. But it is, but it does have something to do with daily diligence. Yeah, because I'm not lacking goals. I know what my goals are. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I have oh, yeah. no problem with uh, goal creation. Goal, goal creation, creation. And, and and I mean they are deeply settled. These are long goals. So it's like, dude, you have been given an opportunity, and you're not you're not taking it. So I want to take it this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it, like I it, and and uh, and we'll just see what happens about next year. And so some of that's like some self-hatred towards me not taking my goals seriously. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like that's what I mean by being uncomfortable. It's like, I don't want to justify myself. Yeah. I do not want to live untruthfully. I mm-hmm. want to live truthfully. Yeah. So all I can do is tell you where I'm at and then fight. And so if I'm fighting, that's not a, always a pleasant experience. Sure. You know, denying yourself is not fun. Yeah. But I've that's had enough good. fun. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, the, fun the shallow isn't so fun. fun. Yeah, it's not fun. It's, it's well, like it's, saccharine. It's, it's, it's too much sugar. It's, mm-hmm. it's like the conversation Gareth and I had, you know, happiness or fun versus joy. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, you, you can be content with things that bring you happiness for a while in a mm-hmm. sort of like shallow way, but they just, it just runs dry. Yeah. And at a certain point, you're like, where's the joy? Yeah. Like the happiness just, it's gone. It didn't do it for me. Yeah. Um, joy is a drenching, steeping reality. Mm-hmm. You know, fun is a t shirt. You know, you wear it <laughs> yeah. out, a few wears, and it's gone. Joy permeates the whole of the person. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what kind of permeating reality would bring about that kind of joy? One that actually um, understands your existential frame. That's what, you know, I don't know where you guys want to go. So I don't want to say I was going to say something, but. Um, what I was going to say is like, if you know, there, the, there's a song during Christmas, joyful, 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 we adore thee. Mm-hmm. Um, how's it, how's the lyrics go? Uh, the end lyric I had, it. someone pull it up real quick. Um, hearts unfold like flowers before thee. Oh, Open man. to the, is it the Lord above or the heavens above? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, let me look it up. The internet. So just ask chat GPT. What the lyrics are talking about vacating our responsibility to robots. Yeah. And we live with, you know, we live with tools that we're mastered by instead of using them to master other things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I forget the, uh, the exact phrasing, but it's a song that we sing people sing during Christmas, whether they actually believe in, um, uh, yeah, so joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. So, so say it slower again. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. We adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. Yeah. So, so if you really sit on that, just even if you're not a like a religious person, just sit on that for a second because we get many glimpses of what it means for our hearts to open. Uh, We we are a unfolding, opening up to kind of person. We are not infinite. We are not God. So we we are not, part of why everybody is anxious is because we are exposed to total knowledge, the appearance of total knowledge through things like the internet. We are not fit to know everything. And there's people eager to know everything, which means they end up knowing nothing. Um, to hold on to the appearance of knowing something like, like it's not how we're constituted. Mm. So we are meant to know the one who knows everything, but we ourselves are not necessarily, I mean that word specifically, we are not necessarily that, but think about this. When, when you think about the sun, I, as in like the, the sun, the physical, hot, the physical sun, it drenches all of reality with what it is mm-hmm. and what happens things get called out of the ground. Things unfurl and open up to thee. You could say the sunflower adores the sun. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. Because the sunflower needs the sun. It was, it's for the sun. And the sun is for the sunflower. It's unmistakable. It happens yearly, daily, all the time. Even, even unsightly things get brought into the light, like weeds. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like everything is meant to grow up out that means us too. So when we are uh, the center of our own universe, we grow down and wither. Mm-hmm. 
you see it over and over again. And then we build culture of justification for that. But we are meant to um, adore something that can actually receive our adoration and um, bestow it, drench us back in that, in a kind of mutual state that is glorious and joyous and unburdensome. Mm-hmm. And so we are burdened by ourselves. And so then we, uh, we, we don't diagnose it properly because we don't want to admit there's something more than us. Mm-hmm. We want to hold on to the, that we're it, but we want the benefits of the something more. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to acknowledge it. And so we are suppressing it. We are suppressing it in our own self-righteousness or understanding. And it leaves people in dismay even when they get what they want. Yeah. Because, because the sunflower cannot open itself without the sun. Mm-hmm. The sun opens the sunflower and the sunflower is meant to be opened. Trees lean into the sun, but they can't make the sun come down, but mm-hmm. they can receive the sun. Like it's, it's, it's like a poem that is true being sung every day, right in front of your face all the time. Mm-hmm. The birds, the birds of the air, like um, they all have their way and they're all basking in that reality. I know I'm being preachy, but but it's you know I think I think life is too costly not to say it because like if you think about it, that's what people want their art to do. Yeah, they yeah. want it to open them up. Well, why do you want to be opened up, and why aren't you opened up? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're maybe you're lockjaw the other direction, and you need someone to come in and open you up because you can't. Mm-hmm. You ever seen a dog with lockjaw? Yeah, you have to open their mouth up. They mm-hmm. can't do it. That's us. We can't do it. Even when we can see it at the corner of our eye, like I should be able to open my my heart right now, but I can't. So you either make a culture around closed, uh, sort of depraved hearts, which is what's happening, or you get set free and all of a sudden you start to walk differently and breathe differently and you become free to take account for how weak you are and what you need. And there's gratitude when you get, like if you've ever been really thirsty and you get some water, you're grateful. Yeah. But if you don't think you're thirsty, you're not very grateful for water because it's like, oh, I could get that anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't so, really need that. Yeah, it's joy. A- so then when you get streams of living water and joy wells up in you because you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have to produce this. Hmm. This is coming to me for free. I, I'm the sunflower. I'm, I'm meant to be radiant in my way, but dependent upon that which has made me this way. Mm-hmm. That's freeing. It, it frees you, but you have to know how you've been injured. You have to know why it is that you're warped. I what constitutes you away from these things. Mm-hmm. And then it ain't a quick fix because it's a process. Yeah. It's a slow process of daily tilling the soil and daily working it out. Yeah. So to, to put it another way, it's to say that change happens through the use of means and everything that is, is a means of some kind that is entrusted to be stewarded in one direction or another. Mm-hmm. And I always say it's to humanize or dehumanize. Mm-hmm. But that is the nature of things. Yeah. Knowledge is meant to be stewarded, physical relationships, people, all of it requires a kind of fidelity and faithfulness that comes from <coughs> a sort of revelatory understanding. What are we and where are we at? Mm-hmm. That's what's up for grabs. That's like the debate. Mm-hmm. So um that's a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah, I think about like a lot of times people want to get really busy about like what should we be doing. And very rarely do I hear the conversation, where did we come from? What are we and where are we going? Yeah. Because if you don't talk about those first three things, what should what are we supposed to be doing? 
just doesn't make sense. Yeah. There's no nonsensical. way you can come to a point of consensus or mm-hmm. you start assuming consensus without having the conversation. Which is what mostly what people which do. Which mostly what people do. Mm-hmm. And then they find ways of sort of, like you mentioned like dis- dishonesty, like whether or not they attend it, it becomes dishonest because you are smuggling, you know, we smuggle our assumptions in about, well, where we came from and what we are and where we're going. Mm-hmm. And we find ways of leveraging those assumptions against other people to try mm-hmm. to get them on board with what we want to be doing. Yes. Yeah. Um, people say things like misery loves company is like these little colloquial, mm-hmm. but, but like, but like there's a pervasive phenomenon, which is like people want to be reinforced in what they want. And we will find people that yeah. mirror back to us what we want. Mm-hmm. The question is, are we the kinds of people that can know that we know that we know, are we the center of the universe mm-hmm. or is there is there something greater that actually can can tell us that and like that is that is the conversation mm-hmm. and we're not having that conversation because it's polarized through politics and mm-hmm. you know social media etc so like um and anybody that has that conversation they end up getting like silenced or you know like people don't want to hear it because they mm-hmm. don't want to hear what might be true because it may mean i have to change mm-hmm. it may mean that i was wrong about a lot of things and i think nobody wants to be wrong you know, and, and uh, I've gone through that. Like, mm-hmm. I did not want to think what I think now or believe what I believe now. And it was hard. It was a hard road. But um, then there's the testability. It's like, oh, existentially, this is satisfying. And mm-hmm. intellectually, it's credible. And experientially, it's according. Well, that's a pretty good litmus test there. It's like, yeah, I'm not having to really throw anything out. I'm not having to deny myself. Like, yeah, this is starting to make sense. It's painful sometimes. Yeah. It's glorious. It's rich. It's uh, difficult. But um, I think it, the proposition is like uh, world society builders uh, uh, um, become radically humble and far more diligent with what's in front of them. And that's an interesting proposition mm-hmm. to be satisfied, not predicated on the work. Imagine being able to work as a satisfied person as opposed to if I don't do this work, I won't be satisfied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of us don't even like that idea because you're so enamored with the I mean, notion it, that for a lot of us, it just throws into the question what the point of the work is. Exactly. All of a sudden, the work doesn't matter, right? You know, there's a I'm going far, but there's a idea called Coram Deo, which is to exist before the face of God. If you exist before the face of God, then everything you do is known and seen. You always are ultimately doing for an audience of one in that sense. Mm-hmm. Possibly, this is. So, so the motivation is to steward the gift that's been given you. Mm-hmm. What kid doesn't like to, you know, in the ideal sense, kids love to do things that their parents, if you're a parent, you know this, your kids love for you to see them do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Where does that joy, why does that joy go away? Because we don't think there's like an ultimate parent. We don't think there's an ultimate one who loves mm-hmm. us. So we stop that stops becoming a motive that stops being a motivation for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Possibly though, that what we see in kids actually points to what is true about reality. Mm-hmm. We are meant joyful, joyful. We adore thee. hearts unfold like flowers above thee, open to the sun above. Like mm-hmm. that's us. Mm-hmm. That song is crazy because people sing that whether or not they believe it just because it's Christmas. Mm-hmm. And you're like, there is profundity happening in this song and people are, it's like every day you're just writing it on your heart. You don't even know it. You don't even think it's like how many times I sung that song and didn't know what it was talking about at all. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's, it's, there's like a slew of Christmas songs that people sing and they're just like, yeah, we just sing these mm-hmm. and they have no idea whether like, um, rejoice Emmanuel, like, 
uh, Ransom Theo Israel. Like if you start like the amount of times in my life, I had no idea what that song was about, but I loved it. Mm-hmm. Then you start, um, or Oh Holy Night, uh, the stars are brightly shining. And then, um, what's the, what's the part where it says until the soul felt its worth. Mm-hmm. How, how's that lyric go? It's like until the sun appeared and the soul felt its worth. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes. The soul felt its worth because the sun, the author of the soul appeared. Whoa. Hearts of Dorothy. Whoa. You opened up like you can't. That's like, I mean, that's like cosmic material richness, mm-hmm. resonant truth. I don't know. Everything we do confirms it because we always want to be open to each other. Mm-hmm. We want to be opened up. Mm-hmm. We do it in debased ways. We do it through sex. We want to be opened up, but we don't want it in the, in the sense that it was intended. We want it in a, the sense that we want it to maintain the control, the control and the self-centeredness and the brokenness. And, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine a world better than the one we live in, but there is, uh, I did not plan to go that far today. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, I think it's a good place for people to sit and uh, <laughs> yeah. sit yeah. with it. Marinate um, on You guys stick. can be sure that one resolution <laughs> that we're not making for the podcast is being less weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that, right. yeah, we promised in 2023 not to hold back punches. That's what it is. <laughs> yes, dude. Because yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah, because it's too di- important. That's different than the past, right? Yeah, one resolution. We're Nobody's going to give uh, strong opinions yeah. or ideas. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, it is a lot of stuff to just kind of sit and stew on, but it's the time of the year for it. Yeah. Uh, it's the time of the year to do that. Well, they say it's, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And it, it, I know it's past the point, but <laughs> I miss Christmas. Give me a break. Yeah, no. Know, right? Well, I, I appreciate all what you said because it does connect a lot with the four spirits of Christmas and the conversations that we've had. Like if you've listened to those four conversations and then you're listening to this one, you shouldn't be surprised in certain ways because there's just a lot, a lot of themes being tied together um, as we're just sort of thinking about the new year. So it's a five parter, man. Yeah. So it's sort of like the the bonus that you didn't expect. Bonus round. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, with, with that, we're just going to leave you. Uh, we're going to drop you right there on the porch of those ideas and let's just sit with them for a minute. But uh, you are a fantastic audience. We do love y'all. And we will catch you next time. Peace. You've been listening to Shaco Art Speak, a production of Shaco Art Space. We are an independent, nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life in historic Shaco Bottom. <laughs>